0: Listen, Reflect and Absorb Dear listeners, Sai Ram and welcome to a radio series in which a divine discourse by Bhagwan is played in small parts and following each part a short discussion is undertaken to reflect on the message. This is a part of Radio Sai's First Day Live hosted by Sai Prakash and Prem. Every Thursday at 7.30pm only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. In today's episode, which was first broadcast live on 31st October 2013, Professor G. Venkatraman, former Vice Chancellor of Sri Sathya Sai Institute of Higher Learning and senior most member of Team Radio Sai participated as a guest. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1990. The clips played today are from the discourse delivered on 26th May 1990
1: Offering a most humble pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet dear listeners welcome to this week's episode of Shravanam Mananam Nididhyasanam As always this is Prem and with me is Sai Prakash And as we had the pleasure and the honor of the company last week, this week too, we have with us Professor G. Venkatraman. We are studying the discourse which Swami gave during the 1990 summer course and this particular discourse is on the topic of Buddhi and we are extremely happy to have with us Professor Venkatraman who gave us a lot of beautiful insights last week and we hope we will get more of that this week too. So before we commence the program I on behalf of all of you and Sai Prakash invite sir to the program Sairam sir
2: Sairam Sir Prem It's interesting you know we are in this chapter on Buddhi but uh, before we actually go on to summarize what uh, Swami spoke uh, last week and weeks before that I was just thinking uh, it would be nice to reiterate the meaning of the three words Shravanam, Mananam, Nidhidhyasaram Oh that would be beautiful Yeah because uh, we have been using that as a t- title of our program sir so from our understanding of what swami has uh, told in previous discourses we just thought shravanam is actually hearing to the message and understanding um, getting it from a guru or a master and then mananam is actually trying to understand and accept that message and nididhyasana is actually following
3: it Internalizing it Internalizing it So that it will come out spontaneously It becomes sort of part of your fabric It's no longer, you know, uh, uh, reacting to a command Okay, okay Swami says speak the truth So Mm I am going to speak the truth Mm -hmm. No, it's not like that Mm -hmm. The message becomes a part of your personality Mm -hmm. And automatically it becomes natural to you Correct It is like, you know, opening the box Mm -hmm. It's already in you He is just opening the box and uh, it comes out spontaneously. It doesn't have to be coaxed out. Mm. That is really what uh, Nididhyasana is. Yes. So,
2: in this program, we have been studying the 1990 summer course series and we have come to the 8th discourse that is Buddhi the Charioteer. And uh, before we proceed further, we would just like to very quickly summarize uh, portions from this discourse which leads to the next clip.
1: Right. To begin with, in that discourse, as always, Swami started with the Padim And interestingly, Swami spoke about purity of the mind on yes. this discourse, which is actually about the Buddhi. And we will see how beautifully it connects to that uh, concept of purity of mind later. Mm-hmm. And Swami starts the discourse referring again to that, that Katopanishad analogy of a chariot, Exactly. And uh, in fact, Swami adds the importance of Buddhi using the same uh, analogy where He says, You can have a very good and strong chariot, you may Mm -hmm. have very able horses, Mm -hmm. you may have very strong reins, Mm -hmm. but what is the use of all this if you don't have a chariot here? That's true.
2: Before we proceed further, you know, I just have a doubt, I would request sir to give us some clarity on this. Uh, In some of our religious scriptures, it's written that the way of achieving purity of mind is actually the state of thoughtlessness. Is it practically possible to be in a state of thoughtlessness or what what exactly is purity of mind like how do we achieve purity of
3: mind <laughs> that is a tough question basically you have to have a ladder of purity sort of gradations mm-hmm. so when you get into a job Mm-hmm. You start at the lowest level. Then you get a promotion. Then you get one more promotion. Okay. The IAS, for example, mm-hmm. they sort as, start as a probationer. Then they slowly come up the ranks. They come to joint secretary, mm-hmm. then director, additional secretary, secretary. And if you are lucky, you go become a cabinet secretary or something like that. Mm-hmm. So in the case of purity also... We have to think of a hierarchy. Yes. You can't just straight away go to the last level of purity where there are no thoughts and all that. Mm-hmm. Let's be practical. Mm-hmm. The first level is we don't have bad thoughts. and That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Which means... Uh, I don't want uh, have any grudge against anybody, any evil intentions against anybody. I don't want to rob anybody, cheat anybody, harm anybody mm-hmm. and so on. Tell lies to anybody and so on. But I can have desires which seem reasonable. Mm-hmm. Say I want to go to the shopping mall and buy a <laughs> nice designer shirt. Mm-hmm. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, I want to uh, read a good book. Correct. It's all right. I want to go to a vaca- on a vacation and uh, so on. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, fine. What about promotion? Okay. Promotion means uh, I sort of give up some of these things. Okay. In the old days, uh, there was a sort of a methodology of giving up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People used to go to Kashi... Uh, which is uh, later on came to be called Benares and now it is called Varanasi Mm -hmm. they take a a dip in the Ganges and they were told if you really want to go go, go to heaven Hmm. you have to give up something (laughs) which you like very much (laughs) Uh, that means give up a desire (laughs) But usually they will give up something which they don't like, especially in food. But I don't like bitter good. So I'll say, God, here I take a big uh, dip and I give up my all. I won't eat uh, bitter good. Big deal. (laughs) They won't say I will give up ice cream. (laughs) Oh, no, never. So uh, giving up what you call desires is one of the things. So you start giving up what you call (laughs) Uh, sensual desires, they are sort of easy. Mm-hmm. I, I can give up uh, you know, this in food, that in food and all that. Mm-hmm. But the mind also has desires and they are pretty tough to get rid of. <laughs> Basically, they are related to ambition, power, position… The fellow may be very religious, he may do Sandhya Andhanam three, fifteen times a day, even though it's (laughs) prescribed only three times, he'll go to all the temples, he'll worship all God's comprehensive insurance, all that. (laughs) But when it comes to desires, they are there. Say he's in office, he wants to go to that office again. He say he's a governor. He said, why should I be a governor? Let me become a president. Hmm. Then, of course, it's tough luck because after president, what do you do? Hmm. So You try to become a big shot in some charitable thing, uh, hmm. trust and uh, get visibility and so on. So those kind of desires are more difficult to get rid of. Hmm. And then what you do is you try to see... All right, I won't get rid of desire straight away, but I'll desire something that is not connected with this world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I develop a deep passion for Rama or Krishna or something like that. And uh, eventually you reach a stage where you start by thinking of Rama, but then you forget even that form. You begin to experience bliss. And that is what you call one of the uh, uh, stratospheric levels. <laughs> and beyond that, I do not know much. Uh, I have a long way to go. <laughs> I have not yet got into the plane to go that high. But this is the point. Correct. The kind of purity you are talking about is an ideal state. Correct. But uh, I have to try and go as close to that ideal as possible. And the beauty about the love of God is, if you have come that far say, hey listen, here is my hand, take it and I pull you. You don't have to do the last mile. Correct. He will take it away from you. That is the beauty of the Lord. And the Upanishads, you don't get those uh, options. <laughs> the Lord comes and says, come on man I am here. <laughs> love me and experience my love and I'll do, may I will take the last step for you. Correct. That's the beauty of uh, Lord's revelation. I think
2: as you are explaining the different uh, levels of purity of the mind, in a way that answered Frame's question, where he said uh, Swami spoke about purity of the mind in this chapter on Buddhi, but it's I think uh, giving up one one level of desires is actually based on Buddhi. Right.
1: And the, the interesting thing is Swami actually started with two padhyams. Mm-hmm. The first padhyam was about the purity of the mind. The second one is see no evil, do no, no evil. evil. And Swami says, Remember the three monkeys always. Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's the first step. Swami's.
4: Yeah, what
3: tip. happens is we remember them and try to become three monkeys in one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry about that.
4: <laughs>
1: and uh, after that uh, uh, analogy of the chariot, Swami, you know, a pattern which you've seen in the earlier discourses, where mm-hmm. Swami first starts with why we are, it is important to study the subject. That's mm-hmm. the same thing Swami did about the body, about the mind. So he says, Why? Studying about the Buddhi is important by giving that analogy. And then says, What is the role of the Buddhi? Correct. What does it essentially do? Mm -hmm. And there Swami says, Decision making Mm -hmm. is the vital one. And uh, a derived role, what Swami gives, is it is needed for dealing with day to day problems. Correct. That is something which Swami mentions there. Mm -hmm. And then Swami goes on to talk about those uh, two banks of the river where the river is that of the life and that which regulates the river of life is Shraddhavan lapate jñanam is one bank and Samshayatma, Samshayatma vineshete Essentially okay. Swami is saying that how Shraddha and faith are two very essential uh, things which have to guide your life
3: Correct Wait a minute Shraddha and faith Yes what is Shraddha that means?
2: Shraddha uh, has a dual connotation. Okay, that's say. exactly what <laughs> it. Right? You Shraddha, explain that because Shraddha, many people don't know that. Know Shraddha says uh, on one hand is faith, and uh, equally uh, powerful explanation of Shraddha is earnestness or effort um, that um, we have to put. So Swami says the stream of river of life is flowing in between the
3: two banks. Dedicated perseverance. It's something like Hollywood or bust. I Mm. am going to do it. Mm -hmm. And the driving force for that is faith.
2: Okay. But we wonder what is faith? And uh, (laughs) we have to have faith on what? You are asking me? Yes, sir. I am asking you. (laughs) Okay.
3: (laughs) You have faith in me? (laughs) Definitely, sir. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) See... The word faith is sometimes uh, attributed to, or is may, uh, considered to be synonymous with religions. We are not talking about that. Let us be very clear. Faith in the context of Vedanta means a belief in something that is beyond reason. Now, this point has to be very carefully understood. In the world, we often come to believe in something via the process of reasoning Mm -hmm. I see some water yes I ask myself a lot of questions is this safe Mm -hmm. and then I become convinced it is safe I have faith in the safety of the water and I drink it I don't carelessly do it Swami gives the example of
2: offering our head to the barber, barber. <laughs> we, with lot of faith we offer
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> yeah, especially the fellow with the knife he can do anything so, but it is based on a process of reasoning correct now God is beyond the subtle beyond the causal he is transcendental correct so, if I'm going to talk about God and things like that, how do I do it? Do I find God and then convince myself He is there and then start having faith in Him? That sort of thing is not possible in the case of God. If you have attained God, there is no need to have faith. Be- you become God. You become God, true. So, as Gandhi says, you're dealing with something transcendental. Just believe in it and keep going. And that can come to you only with humility. <laughs> How do I know God is this? Mm. He says so, but I don't know. Mm. I have to experience God. All, all the experiences we have are with the senses, which are cognized by the mind. Yes. God is beyond the senses and the mind. That's what your Vedas say. <laughs> That's what Maharishi say. So... If you want to catch a fish, you must use a net. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't uh, uh, catch a fish like you try to catch (laughs) something else Mm -hmm. on the land. Mm -hmm. So, you must have the right ways of going to that level. Mm -hmm. And it starts with the belief that God exists. Correct. And now the question becomes, Mm -hmm. all right, God exists. How do I go to that God?
4: Mm
3: -hmm. How do I love that God? How do I reach that God? How do I become one with God? But all those are conditioned upon my believing that God exists. And this faith therefore is faith in the existence of something transcendental which means something beyond the body, the senses and the mind. Now, many people say there is nothing beyond the senses Mm -hmm. and the body. That's it. Mm -hmm. We live in this world Mm-hmm. and we die it's all over fini Compre, you understand <laughs> that's what they say mm-hmm. that's questionable because their entire basis of reasoning is limited to experiences with the senses and the brain correct but where did these come from
4: mm-hmm.
3: they have no explanation oh it's nature where mm-hmm. did nature come from nature <laughs> is nature that's all there is to it mm-hmm. They said no, nature cannot come by, exist by itself. It must have a seed from which it came. So that is their belief. They have their faith. And when they did the explorations on the basis of that faith, of course they had to reach beyond the senses in the mind. Mm-hmm. And they said that. Correct. Uh, Swami says Veda am, uh, 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 tam as, We have seen God We have experienced God mm-hmm. Correct That is the point Correct So now What do I do? I have not yet seen God Swami mm-hmm. says At least believe in those fellows Correct <laughs> See that is uh, Very important In science for example uh, When it was first written mm mm-hmm. Uh, special theory of relativity was a big mystery, and uh, Eddington said there are only three people who know understand it. One is Einstein. Second is myself. I don't wonder. I wonder who is the third person. <laughs> 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 the, that is to say. Now, of course, special theory of relativity is taught to you know, in colleges. We teach it ourselves. But when it comes to what Einstein did 10 years later in 1915, the general theory of relativity, that is a tough nut. Even today, the number of people who know is very limited. It requires a lot of understanding of tensor calculus and all sorts of things. And it's a very abstract field. Just time and space get mixed. It's pretty tough. Mm -hmm. So not many people understand it. So you ask a biologist, do you believe in Einstein's theory? Of course I believe. Do you know that theory? No. How can you believe in something you do not know? I believe in Einstein. He must be right. (laughs) So I believe because somebody told me and I have faith in that. (laughs) Today the media has uh, sort of put itself in the face. We are great. We know everything. And they go on telling you the same nonsense and we believe. (laughs) Isn't that true? Correct. All your advertising is based on that. Uh, any soft drink is uh, poison <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> but they go on telling it's good for you good for you I believe it's good for you and I do it without any reasoning mm. I don't use any discrimination okay. but in the case of God I cannot use these kind of reasonings because he is transcendental I have to accept faith and then when I go at that level I can ask questions mm. that is what Viveka Chodaman is all about They are questions related to the transcendental They are entirely of a different Character That is what Atma vichara is Inquiry about the Atman Correct If you read Ramana Mm -hmm. It's all about that Who am I Who am I Yes You have to be at that level to be able to Have that kind of reasoning and dialogue So it is possible even there To have a higher kind of reasoning That transcends normal logic It's logic of a higher kind Very true I mean that uh,
2: very beautifully explains the concept of faith and no wonder the other bank is samshayatma vinashyati <laughs> if, if you have doubt you will perish <laughs> that's exactly the other bank shraddhavan lavate gyanam is one bank the other bank is samshayatma vinashyati so the moment you get a doubt <laughs> you are
3: <laughs> you are finished then he goes on. I to hope say, you don't have any doubts about what. <laughs> no, I don't. Then a question arises: Who is finished, you or me? <laughs>
2: then uh, there is another definition of buddhi, which Swami says is antarvani, and that is the voice of the conscience. Then um, he goes on to say that buddhi is slightly different from vighyana, which is more of a scientific and worldly knowledge, and buddhi is more related with the inner world. So, because Buddhi happens to be the closest to the Atma.
1: Right. And then uh, Swami goes on to juxtapose Buddhi with ahankara, explaining mm. one in relation to the other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Swami gives this uh, the hierarchy where Swami mm. says, senses are subtler than the body.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The mind is subtler than the senses. Correct. The Buddhi is subtler than the mind. The ahankara is subtler than the Buddhi and the Atma is the subtlest.
2: That's true.
1: So, where he says that Ahankara comes between Buddhi and Atma, and uh-huh. that is why sometimes even Buddhi is covered by hankara, uh-huh. and that is the point where Swami says that effort has to be done to remove this hankara. and that's where the beautiful Chinagata which Swami narrated came.
4: Uh-huh.
1: And as you said, uh, you know, Buddhi draws its effulgence from the Atma, that's what that's Swami true. says, and Swami says it has 90%. Illumination from the Atma,
3: correct. So, because it's closest. To See, the there's atma. a simple analogy you can give. Mm-hmm. If you say Atma is like the physical heart, mm-hmm. and Buddhi is like the artery that goes to the heart. Mm-hmm. Amkara is like a, uh, what you call clot in the <laughs> artery. So, you have to remove that clot by putting a stent or some, dissolving it or something. Then uh, the buddhi is in uh, regular full communication with Arterial block mm. is uh, uh, analog of amkara.
1: Right. In fact, it is a perfect example I can think of because uh, you know, here Swami is saying, one of the ways of getting rid of this thing is As much as possible connect the buddhi with the body directly. Remove all the obstacles which come in the way. Buddhi with Atma. The Atma with the body. No
3: Atma with the body. The Atma with the body. Purify Mm -hmm.
1: the Buddhi and Mm -hmm. connect the Atma with the body. Correct. By removing all the obstacles which come in the way.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: So one thing is if you want to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, people say doctors say don't eat food that lead to Clots. Uh, clots. Mm-hmm. Food with high cholesterol mm-hmm. is to be avoided. Correct. Similarly, in the case of spiritual thing, the, the find of food, you must, you must avoid junk spiritual food. <laughs> Shall I put it this way? <laughs> Don't ask me what it is, I can get into trouble. <laughs> but see what is good, do what is good, speak what is good, automatically that is cholesterol free. Mm-hmm. free. Spiritual Sorry. cholesterol free. Correct. So you don't have to go to any (laughs) (laughs) doctor and say "Do I have a clot you won't get a clot and (laughs) desire free desire free that's true (laughs) like uh, you know sugar free salt free (laughs) or low salt
1: we hope we have an oil or food like that in the market (laughs) oh boy (laughs) ahankara free
2: (laughs) (laughs) there is this segment where Swami is speaking about bird comparing the buddhi to a bird where he says satyam and Ritam are the two wings Shraddha is the head and then Mahatattvam is the body and yoga is the tail and um, then after that Swami ends with a small anecdote and that basically brings out the importance uh, and the difference between um, just Nedha, talent and, uh, Medha and Buddhi. Buddhi and Shraddha yeah, Shraddha so he says you need to have Shraddha and you need to have uh, persistence only then Buddhi will get illumined so should we go on to the clip and then yes
1: we listen to the clip
5: first and then uh, we'll talk about it that is the reason why Vedanta has declared one can get knowledge and wisdom with without having Shraddha interest you would not be able to gain either success or joy in life even if you can get a spark of fire if only you have interest you can develop that into any amount set... On the other hand, even if you give any quantity quantum of fire, he if he does not have sraddha, it can be extinguished. If you can get a small tiny seed of people tree. If you can just develop into a tree, it can become a very big, vast tree. For developing even the small and minutest things into mountainous, big things, it is shraddha interest which is essential. Man has interest but on what does he have he has interest in the fruits of action and not an action. Spirit of work, and not the spirit of work he is not having that spirit of work in him on account of the development of this science Man has become <laughs> has developed laziness. He has lost all the interest which is inherent in him. Science is not <laughs> but the use of science is going on the wrong path. We are destroying the love by diffusing it and diverting it into many directions. It is necessary to teach properly that you will have to integrate this love and divert it into if you want to bring out the difference between spirituality and science you can do it with one word spirit of love is split of love is science spirit of love is spirituality split of love is science you can see the version of difference that exists between these two there is only a small word. But this is pregnant with meaning. Science confers worldly comforts and worldly benefits. But what man really needs is inner joy. He is seeking joy. But he is making efforts for joy. But does he get it in the objects? Does he get it in senses? When the sense objects themselves are impermanent, how can you get permanent joy out of them? The sense objects, the body, and the country where you live, themselves, all of them are impermanent. If you really want to enjoy permanent joy and bliss, you will have to keep your mind in a proper state science today <laughs> there are lot of developments in ethics Parinamamu. there is a lot of transformation the re- uh, economic revolution, rev- revolution, revolution scientific revolution the worldly revolution all revolutions have taken place but there is no mental transformation after this mental transformation, spiritual transformation also is necessary. From where does this mind take its birth? What is its origin? The books and dictionaries will not reveal this mystery or the secret. The mind is taking its birth from the food that you take every day. The food that you partake, after it is digested, the grass aspect of it goes as the refuge. The subtle aspect of this food is transformed into blood and the subtlest aspect of the food becomes mind. The entire uh, your mind depends upon the type of food that you partake. There is need for understanding this. Prana maya maya in for this life. Prana is mano very maya in tarvatne, maya. After mind, then vigna maya. Maya, maya, maya. After that, see the intelligence. Can we at this two-dimensional Ee prana maya From the gross body, the subtle prana, life has to start. From where do you get this life? From where do you get this How is it connected to various things? That also is the essence of the food that you partake. The water that you partake ...the gross aspect of it goes as The subtle aspect of the water becomes prana or life principle. The food becomes mind. The water becomes life. Full, the mind and the life principle together become... The vijnanamaya are the intelligence sheath. Here the intelligence referred to is not the external one. <laughs> the, the external intelligence is only up to the avastra avastra Only for the waking state. Kaani, but this is not useful for understanding the principle of Atma or its functioning. We have to make efforts to base our understanding on the external life but understand the Everything exists inside of you. There is nothing which comes...
2: Okay, I think um, this last sentence translation got cut off. There is nothing that comes from outside. That's what it means. Swami was taking over from there. (laughs) Okay, Uh, So this is uh, yet another heavy segment. Very very heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I think Swami starts off with the importance of Shraddha. And there is a very powerful statement there where He says... That uh, today's people are uh, behind the fruit of the action and not uh, behind putting the hard work involved.
1: Right. The spirit of the work is lost in the desire
2: for the fruit.
3: No, no. It has changed the since 1990. <laughs> I want the fruit even without action. <laughs> Honestly, that's what cheating is. Correct. Uh, making money by work is action and fruit. Mm-hmm. Making money by Yukti, Yantra, Mantra, Tantra <laughs> he is uh, cheating essentially. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of that that goes.
1: Just give it fancy names like derivatives and hedge no, funds. Uh, no, no,
3: that is uh, what you call one aspect. Downright cheating. They mm-hmm. just uh, bluff, take money and run away with it. There is a lot of that which happens. They are called Ponzi schemes. And uh, there is a famous uh, case in uh, in America where a fellow uh, swindled people to the extent of over 50 billion (laughs) dollars. One dollar is 60 rupees. Mm -hmm. One billion is 10 to the power of 9. You can multiply (laughs) 50 into 10 to the power of 9. That many rupees. Oh my God.
1: That is when the beginning of this discourse, Swami says, Buddhi helps you to deal with problems of the world. (laughs) And I think it would also help people to save themselves from such things no no I mean if if one were to
2: one were to argue that he had Shraddha in in cheating people
3: (laughs) I would protest because the word Shraddha is reserved for what you call faith in the Lord and perseverance in reaching the Lord correct if you have faith in the market call it by some other name (laughs) I don't want this name to be used for that
2: it's very interesting, especially when uh, Swami was here physically um, and when we had the opportunity to see Him every day. There is a lot of effort and uh, made for uh, especially students. We try to go closer to Swami, physical and the physical aspect. But uh, of course, now we are forced to look within. Um, you know, when Swami was physically with us, What is the difference between uh, trying to go physically close to Him? Yes, it has the power and in one look Swami can transform you. But uh, that effort which you need to do to go inward and go closer to Swami within you, I think that has to be made only by you. Is there an escape for that when you are closer to Swami physically or you have stayed so many years in Swami's proximity?
3: See, Krishna refers to this He says the avatar dazzles Mm -hmm. and you are so overwhelmed by that dazzle Mm -hmm. you begin to forget what is behind the dazzle. So most of us are caught up in that Mm -hmm. and uh, we just don't pay attention to what Swami is saying and the moment the avatar withdraws There is trauma, shock, people cry, roll over. The withdrawal symptoms take different amounts of time. Some people very quickly in one week, they say, let me go back to my normal life. (laughs) Mm. And so on. You see that. Others hang on, oh, we miss Swami, nostalgia and all that. How can they miss Swami when he is inside? Yes, said, I am in you hundreds of times, thousands of times. That never registered. Mm. You all clap hands. (laughs) I mean, I always felt offended by that. You clap hands to a political leader, movie star, cricket star. You don't clap hands when Swami is talking. There must be what you call reverence and respect. But Swami uh, sort of tolerated that and uh, played along with it and... uh, and uh, so on. Then we had cheerleaders who promoted applause and stuff like that. Mm. Really speaking, we get distracted by the dazzle mm-hmm. and don't focus. And Swami himself has given a very telling example of this, not once, millions of times. In the interview room, uh, he will say, what is that? Everybody will say nothing. Then he will do this, wave the hand and produce a ring. Mm-hmm. And then he will say, pass it on." <laughs> Before he picks a fellow to give it to, or a lady. So everybody will put it to their eyes and then pass it to the next person looking at it. <laughs> Swami will be whispering to somebody, I am the person who created it. They are looking at what I created. They are not looking at me. <laughs> so many things. Basically, he is saying you are dazzled by creation and you are not giving any attention to the creator. I mean, this has literally happened any number of times. Correct, very true. You must have seen it in Thrai inside the interview room. And he commented on it also. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this fellow, as I am here. There is one incident I remember. Dr. Shankar Dayal Sharma was governor of Andhra Pradesh. Then he became vice president and he became president. He made innumerable trips here. One Swami took him to the hospital for something or the other. And then he took him to the blood bank. There was a big picture from which amrit or nectar was coming. And the doctor there was saying, see, miracle is happening. This man was lost in it. <laughs> Swami was in the corridor and were impatient. He wanted to take him. Then he said, President, you are looking at a picture of mine. I am here. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> President, I am here and you are looking at my picture. So <laughs> right when he was there, we were getting fooled. Why? Because we are tuned on the wrong wavelength. Even today, people don't pay. As I was listening to the discourse, it was packed with what you call very powerful ideas. Mm -hmm. And I mention this because we have the duty to (laughs) sort of resurrect all those things and offer it to the public, you and I in Radio Sai. It's really very, very penetrating, very, very beautifully explained. You don't find these kind of uh, explanations anywhere. I have not seen any of these things. Either they straight away go to the Atma, which nobody understands, and talk a lot of nonsense, which nobody understands. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, I have tried to read books on Atma before I came. I didn't get past one line in most books, beyond one para in other books. <laughs> so, and for the first time, I understood what it was after listening to Swami. I told Swami, he laughed. And the point has been made very beautifully by Ramakrishna Paramahansa. He says, God alone can make complicated things so simple that even a child understands. And I can tell you, spirituality was concerned, I knew zero. But he gave a lot of very simple explanations which helped me to think on my own, go and read a lot here, there, put together. I, as a scientist, I had the benefit of that kind of training, you know, to put a lot of things together. And I began to get a lot of what I would call insight. At least I was able to grasp, what is it that Swami was saying? Why is he saying it? How are we supposed to follow those things and so on?
2: So, very beautifully, in fact, following what Swami said and reading all that, that also is an aspect of Shraddha. You had
3: the earnestness to read and then pursue that. No, I am not doing any commercial about <laughs> myself. But one thing, talking of Shraddha and all that, mm-hmm. nididhyasanam also means reading between the lines. Okay. Mm. that is um, uh, missed mm-hmm. everybody says love all serve all the, what is the meaning of love what is the meaning of all this question is not asked if you really ask that question all means everything in creation why should I love everything in creation for the simple reason God is in everything in creation Ishwara Sarva Bhutanam, that's the reason why I should love all. <laughs> now we selectively love, I love this, 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 this is my favorite list, all this is out, <laughs> cut. Because Why? Because he's my enemy, he's not my friend. I, he took money from me, didn't return. All those considerations don't come. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I don't like this, I don't like that and so on. <laughs> In the sense of animals. Mm-hmm. You may be uh, scared of them, but you have no business to hit them. Correct. And actually, if I begin to see God in them, I will be never scared of anything. Thirdly, Panchabhutams are also God. Mountain is God, air is God, water is God. I will treat that with respect. I don't do that. I pollute water. I pollute air. I destroy mountains because there are minerals in them. You know, in Orissa, there is a big fight between that company called Vedanta, Mm -hmm. which has bought uh, one mountain. These fellows said, that is our God, don't take away a mountain. And they say, you have got many other mountains. These fellows said, today you are taking this, tomorrow you will take all that because here you have found some mineral, there you will find gold, another one you will find platinum, Mm -hmm. the last one you will find uranium, you will take away everything so they have beliefs that that is God Mm. so love all serve all means you must serve all those things how do you serve the mountain by not destroying it by Mm. allowing the forest there not touching not harming the creatures in it live in equilibrium that's really in modern language you'll say be in harmony with the ecosystem to which you belong love what is this love the fine print is unconditional love Mm. No strings attached. Without swartam and soprayojanam. That is what love is. We don't read all the fine print. Mm. So everybody says, Love all, serve all, help ever, hurt never. All these things become cliches. Mm. Nididhyasana means not repeating. It's like a tape recorder or a gramophone recorder. Understanding the nuances. You must read between the lines, or you must read the f- unwritten fine print, as they say very beautiful in fact
2: that's the next point where he says spirit of love is spirituality and split of love is science
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's why he makes that beautiful point where the science was making life easy and Mm. the desire to make life even more easy Mm. we have used science Uh, you know
3: I I, am a scientist I (laughs) want to defend (laughs) science is not wrong as Swami says the way people practice and uh, you know utilize the fruits of science that is where love gets split Mm. E equals MC squared it's a fact of nature. Correct. So there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. But if I use that to make an atom bomb that's a different story. (laughs) The fault is not in the equation it's in me. (laughs) And the way I make use of that equation.
2: That having said Swami goes on to a very very important portion where he gives in a way the origin of the mind uh, where he says the mind is also formed from uh, the subtlest aspect of food. And uh, the gross aspect actually goes on to strengthen the body. Um, And the subtle aspect goes to the mind. This is a very interesting point because uh, one may often wonder why uh, in some of our religious uh, texts they say uh, vegetarian food is preferred over non-vegetarian food. Uh, If the subtlest aspects of the food goes to the mind, what is
3: it that happens if you have non-vegetarian food? That's a good question. Seldom asked. See, if you look at it, the body is made up of atoms and molecules. Correct. The world is full of atoms and inert molecules. The body cannot take inert molecules. Okay. By and large. Mm -hmm. Certainly I take in air. Mm -hmm. That is inert. I take the oxygen part and... uh, give out carbon dioxide Mm -hmm. so I can directly deal with the inert thing Mm -hmm. water it is inert correct from the chemical and physics point of view correct I drink it but the other foods Mm -hmm. have to come from living matter only the lowest the living species Mm -hmm. can take inorganic thing and make it into something suitable to sustain life Okay. Very good. See, in the evolution chain, Mm. we are higher uh, in the evolution ladder. Correct. And therefore, we require food that is what we call ordered and structured. Mm -hmm. Erwin Schrödinger describes this very nicely Mm -hmm. by comparing a living body to a refrigerator. Okay and his point is very simple he says what does the refrigerator do you put it in a room the room outside temperature is 30 degrees Mm -hmm. but inside the refrigerator it is uh, much lower it is 5 degrees Mm -hmm. and there is an ice box where it is lower than 0 degrees you can keep ice there you can keep ice cream there it won't melt Mm -hmm. so it is artificially creating a lower temperature Mm -hmm which is different from the natural ambience. Correct. And to do this, it uses energy. Correct. It uses high form of energy and gives it low form of energy. What does that mean? It uses electrical energy. Mm -hmm. Electrical energy is a highly ordered form of energy Mm -hmm. and that runs the motor and compressor Mm -hmm. which generates heat Mm -hmm. and that heat comes out of your radiator at the back. Okay. So there is waste heat coming out Mm high quality energy going in, mm-hmm. low quality energy coming out. In. in the body, mm-hmm. my body's temperature, as Swami used to say, 98.4. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it is in <laughs> centigrade the, mm-hmm. because I was born in older times, 98.4 is what is stuck in my mind. <laughs> Today they will teach you in centigrade. Mm-hmm. Now that is a very strange thing. The body always maintains that temperature. It's Correct. like uh, acting like a refrigerator. This temperature is different from room temperature. Correct. It has to do work like a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. It is not in equilibrium with the surrounding. It's a non equilibrium system. <laughs> so Schrodinger said it needs ordered energy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you take in as food. Okay. And then the waste matter goes out.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Same with water and all that. Mm-hmm. Where does this ordered energy come? Intake. Mm-hmm. We don't take electricity like the fridge does. Mm -hmm. It comes from other food. Okay. The food is from lower order species. Mm -hmm. So, okay, lower order means what? Mm -hmm. Uh, Vegetables, Mm -hmm. fruits. Mm -hmm. Then you go to food from the animal kingdom Mm -hmm. which give you proteins. Uh, They call it animal proteins. Okay. Basically meat. Mm -hmm. Meat from various animals. Mm -hmm. Now, the cow essentially takes lower grade of proteins mm-hmm. from the grass and stuff like that correct and converts it into animal protein which is flesh mm-hmm. okay so i can get the proteins in different ways i can get it from almonds mm-hmm. uh, of course in a suitable manner mm-hmm. And uh, there are many vegetarian stuff which give me proteins. Mm-hmm. Uh, all your millet and all that, they give a lot of proteins. This, That's yeah. why the farmers in the old days used to eat that. Because they had to do a lot of heavy manual work. Correct. In fact, rice eating became common only after World War II. Before World War II, all the people other than Brahmins used to eat only these kind of things. Because their work... Uh, I also uh, work, uh, demanded it. Also, uh, it was cheaper. Mm -hmm. Shirdi Baba ate only what is called bakri, which is made out of millet. And Swami used to eat ragi Ragi. sangati. Correct. So, there was a reason. It was nutritious and a lot of proteins came from it. Okay. So, I can get proteins from purely vegetarian sources or from animal sources. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, this is where the subtle thing comes. Mm How do I get the animal protein? First, I have to kill the animal. It experiences pain. Correct. So, that pain is a subtle feeling. Mm -hmm. That subtle feeling hangs on to that meat. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's pain and agony and suffering is there in that meat. So, Mm -hmm. when I eat that meat, the proteins go to my body. Mm -hmm. But uh, what happens to the pain and its suffering? It is still floating around. It gets into my mind. And pollutes the mind. Mm. Very beautiful, sir. Very clear. Now it <laughs> makes it really. <laughs> so somebody said, "What about the plants?" Mm-hmm. No, you. That also has life. Correct. Swami okay. said, "Plants do not have a central nervous system. Oh, okay. So you, they don't have pain." God has made sure he knows that you are going you have to eat <laughs> so what do you you have to eat something you can't eat rock <laughs> you can't eat you know, mm. uh, mud there is a very beautiful point okay. so he said all right I made plants only for you mm. you eat that hmm. they won't get any pain I made it for you eat bananas mm-hmm. eat roots tubers mm-hmm. all that but you must be careful even there. Mm. (laughs) And there is no pain. So he had created a pathway for us. Correct. But on the other hand, if you say, no, no, I want to eat uh, chicken, I want to eat mutton, I want to eat beef, beef, horrible fellow, that is the cow is giving you milk, go mata, you go and want to kill your mother and eat, you will Mm. pay for it. Mm. But
1: then, sir, the question would come, since you mentioned go mata, what about milk products and other
3: animal products so see the milk product the when you take milk from the cow it doesn't die right mm. doesn't it gives suffer? milk it is meant to give milk
4: mm.
3: but leave enough milk for the calf correct right. mm. and then take mm. so krishna has uh, given the uh, so, sort of seal of approval by eating a lot of <laughs> butter. <laughs> but you must be careful. You just say, I'll be like Krishna and eat butter. That was uh, that was just uh, what you call part of it. Uh, because if you eat too much, you are going to give a job, uh, what you call business to a heart clinic. That's all. <laughs> so everything within limits. limits. And at some time, you must stop that also. There comes a time we say now is the time I don't do any of these things. So, uh, what is the minimum food that I need to survive? Mm-hmm. You have to manage.
2: That's amazing. That explanation about how the subtle part
3: forms the mind—that is uh, really. <laughs> in fact, in an indirect way, without Vedanta, the vegans have gone to the extreme. They say. Uh, they are almost become Gandhian without knowing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will not touch any leather goods. They will not wear leather belts. Their wristwatch strap will not have leather. Okay. Uh, they will not wear leather jackets. Mm-hmm. They will not wear leather shoes. Because basically it has come from an animal. You have taken away its rights. Mm-hmm. Vegan food is more strict than what you call Vegetarian. what you call veget- they don't take milk. Mm. everything even that milk is made from soya Mm. their uh, vegan ice cream is soya (laughs) ice cream (laughs) and so on and uh, basically they say I don't want anything which has come at the expense of the life of the animal Mm. so they have got the spirit of it correct
2: so all this is definitely a part of part of buddhi or discrimination as we would put it I mean, spiritual discrimination Spiritual discrimination Also in a sense Worldly Because You have to decide On what kind of food You are going to have And how you are going to lead It your has life. to be worldly I say What is the use of Going to heaven And uh, worrying about the- That's very true I mean I um, mean I think before we conclude I would just like to ask one small question sir we are talking about buddhi here in this topic and uh, many times we have heard this uh, in Swami's discourses he says Dhiyo yonap that is uh, you can sharpen your intellect and uh, awaken your intellect by chanting the Gayatri Mantram and for us uh, we have heard that from childhood we would really
3: like to know uh, what is the inner meaning of uh, doing that look uh the Gayatri Mantram has been explained uh, by so many people. Correct. Frankly, it's very technical. Mm-hmm. But I remember one man telling me mm-hmm. he went to see Swami on some work. And uh, Swami sometimes uh, uh, was very, I would say, different. I won't <laughs> say peculiar or odd. <laughs> he will simply not pay attention to work, he will ask some other question, completely tangent. Spiritual or anything. Mm-hmm. In this case, he said chant the Gayatri. Mm-hmm. This man mm-hmm. has gone on some work, <laughs> so he give <laughs> me instruction to help with that chant the Gayatri.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: He chanted. Now tell me the meaning. Oh. Tell the meaning? Pure bookish knowledge, nonsense. <laughs> 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 he said he, this is the best book. He quoted. <laughs> he kept quiet. I'll tell you the meaning of Gayatri in a very simple language. Mm-hmm. O Universal Mother. Fill my heart with love. Let those loving feelings in my heart produce loving thoughts in my mind. Mm-hmm. And let those loving thoughts in my mind come out of my body as loving words spoken by my mouth mm-hmm. and loving and compassionate actions from my body. Oh, That's all there is to it. <laughs> Now you have to fit in the approach within this. Mm-hmm. But basically, he showed a pipeline from the source of love, which is Atman or mm-hmm. Universal Mother, all the way through the heart, mm-hmm. through the mind, mm-hmm. through the mouth, and through the body. Full mm-hmm. path. Correct. Correct. Roadmap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like that. He <laughs> yeah. said a simple question. <laughs> it's not a simple question. Mm-hmm. Very short time. I have given it to you.
1: Swami has given the most simple but beautiful and perfect answer. Beautiful. I
3: beautiful. mean, I don't have to go and read anything. Correct. This is all there is. Oh, Mother, you are the embodiment of love. After all, in, the, in life also, Mother is supposed to be identified with love. So, you fill my heart with love. <laughs> let those feelings, uh, you know, produce ripples of pure thought, uh, good thoughts. Mm-hmm. And let those start what is the use of it being stuck there? Let it come out as good words mm-hmm. and good action. Very beautiful, sir. (laughs) Very beautiful. If I were a a sort of a business minded yogi, (laughs) I would have charged (laughs) (laughs) peaceful. But uh, very,
2: uh, you know, very rightly speaking, that's the spirit of love. (laughs) Exactly. You Uh, give it free, (laughs) with asking nothing in return. (laughs) Uh, the, The whole
3: explanation of Gayatri Mantra in this way is very unique. By the way, uh, when I was in, I don't remember whether Seattle or Vancouver, they, they had universal prayers mm-hmm. before my talk. Mm-hmm. And this was there, they said, uh, oh. from the Gayatri, mm-hmm. uh, Bhagavan Sri Satyasaya. It was done a little better in the form of a poem, mm-hmm. but essentially it was this thing. So I felt happy.
1: So I think uh, in this wonderful note, we'll bring this program to a close. Dear listeners, you'll agree with us that this has definitely been one of the most enlightening sessions we've had as part of this series, Shravanam, Mananam, We are on behalf of all of you. Thank Venkatraman, sir, for being with us and giving us this wonderful time here. This is Prem with Sai Prakash and Professor G. Venkatraman thanking you for your company and offering this humble effort of ours at Bhagwan's Lotus Suite. Jai Sai Ram.
0: you just heard an episode of a radio series Shravanam, Mananam, Nitithyasanam that is, listen, reflect and absorb. This is a segment hosted live on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. by Radio Sai's Sai Prakash and Prem only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. In today's episode which was first broadcast live on 31st October 2013 Professor Jeevanka Traman, former Vice Chancellor of Sri Sathya Sai Institute of Higher Learning and senior most member of Radio Sai team participated as a guest. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the Summer Course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1990. The clips played today are from the discourse delivered on 26th May 1990. To listen to the next part of this program, tune in again same day, same time next week. And also please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashantinilam. Nilayam.